0: Don't be afraid to play harder and push yourself more and more every single time. I'm a big believer in the reckless abandon. And I tell folks, look at your career that way. I think too many times when we're looking at what options may be available to us, we are looking for the safe thing. We are looking for the thing that I think is going to be best for me, which that leads typically to being a little bit closed off where when you play the game with reckless abandon, You get to be open. And that's the one real big piece of advice. Be open in the search. Be open to opportunities. Be open to learn. Nobody knows everything. Mm -hmm. Be humble enough to say, you know what? Teach me. (sighs) I'm here to learn, I'm here to push through it. I am here to be a sponge for you because I don't know everything.
1: What are we doing out there, folks? This is your host with the most, Kenny Vaughn, the director of Breakline Apex. I am so thankful to be back in the Breakline Arena with my partner in crime.
2: What is up, everybody? It is Sophia, talent recruiter here at Breakline, and we have lined up a very, very special guest in the Breakline Arena today. Kenny, who did we interview?
1: We got our main man, Sergio Padilla, the Director of Admissions here at Breakline. I'm super excited. Before we dive into Surge, I just wanna put into context some of the work this man is doing. So as an organization, Breakline Education, I take so much pride in the work that we do Mm -hmm. because there have been some glaring gaps in the tech industry. As you look across demographics, from the veterans community to the women's community to people of color i mean these are these are gaps that have existed since the inception of the industry and there's been reports that have put out there's been studies Mm -hmm. um but there's also been a lot of stagnation right and the reason that i love this break family i love the mission driven purpose driven nature of our work is that we are consolidating the sum of our energy and our talent and our life's work into driving outcomes in this space. Yes. And that starts with Sergio Padilla. And that's why this is such an important conversation, not only for our Breakline applicants, but for our partners, for everyone that is in the ecosystem that is Breakline. Man, this is an important and a timely conversation. Sophia, you get a chance to work with Sergio on a day-to-day basis. Can you share a little bit more about the work that you all do as our admissions and outreach team, why this conversation is important for our listeners?
2: Yes. I mean, working shoulder-to-shoulder with Sergio is such a tremendous blessing. I wish I could give the gift of Sergio to everybody that I know and love. Um, Essentially, Serge kind of cultivate our community. And the way that he does that is he helps source, recruit, and admit talent into Breakline, which then we are able to help place them at our partner companies. So Surge is so invaluable to Breakline. And Surge personally is so invaluable to me, to our team. I mean, this man, you can call him day and night with anything, whether it is professional, whether it is personal, and he will be there for you. Um, I mean, I, I cannot say more about how much I value his leadership, about how much he has given me and my teammates the space to grow and to flourish and to learn. Um, And also we have fun with it. Serge is just, he he is just a cool guy, (laughs) man. I mean, and I know that you guys are gonna learn a lot about his story, about his background, um, and hopefully feel that influence that he just kind of shares with, with everybody that he encounters.
1: So, I, and I love that perspective. And it reminded me of one very important part of this conversation is Breakline is such a culture-driven organization and community. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so deliberate about the, the people that we bring into it because it's a special huh. space, you know? And I think one of the things that I would encourage our listeners to take away from this conversation is Sergio embodies the Breakline culture.
0: Mm-hmm. He came
1: through the Breakline program as a participant Um, He has now decided to dedicate the sum of his life work to, you know, ensuring that we're bringing in these amazing human beings to our Breakline community and just listen to his energy. He's going to talk to you about the application towards the back end, but just listen to the type of person, the type of man that he is. And I think as you listen to Sergio and his amazing life story, his humility, right? His His gratitude, his gratitude, his Mm -hmm. perseverance, you know. These are all things that we're looking for as people, you know, apply and want to become part of a breakline community and ultimately go out and make a huge difference in the tech industry. And Surge embodies all of these mm. things in spades. And I am so glad um, that you could help lead this conversation with our director of admissions.
2: And we had a blast recording it. So It without, was a fun time too. It was just without fun. further ado, you know what I think we should do?
1: Let's dive on into this arena, folks. Welcome to another episode of your Break Line Arena. How are we doing out there, folks? This is your host with the most, Kenny Vaughn, director of Break Line Apex. I'm up in here with my partner in crime. Would you like to introduce yourself? I would love Absolutely. to. <laughs> We have so look okay okay so no 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 we ain't gonna do this over this this no this is going on the podcast oh, look this, this is, is gonna hilarious. be the intro this is why I'm so excited for today's conversation because as you can see we got my podcast partner in crime and then we got my break line a one brother Sergio Padilla the director of admissions um man we so excited we just gonna dive right in because. We got the man with the plan, Sergio. First and foremost, thank you for making the time to join us on the arena day. How are you doing?
0: No, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you team for putting all this together. I know it's a lot of work, but I'm excited to be connecting with y'all and uh, get some get some little bits of knowledge out there to the world. This is exciting. So for those of you who don't know, Sergio Padilla
1: is the director of admissions here at Breakline. Do, 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 do. He is, I tell you what, we, we about to dive into that role here a little bit later in an interview. I know our listeners are going to want to hear a ton about what you're doing in that role. But before we do, I'd love to take it back. Can we take it back, Sergio? Is that okay with you? Let's make it happen. Let's take it all the way back, man. I would just love to hear your origin story. Can you tell me about where you're from, where your roots are? Just like, we'd love to peel back the curtain a little bit and hear a little bit more about
0: yourself good sir
2: run it back baby surge come on man. absolutely
0: so again team thanks for putting this together so i'll give you the non-traditional more on the personal side about me so off the bat born and raised in puerto rico that's home lived there my entire life till i was 17 and then i left there to go to college so first language of spanish both my parents are first generation puerto ricans um, mom was born and raised in the island dad was born and raised in new york city uh, two puerto rican parents so lived there my whole life right so lucky for me uh, at the age of 17 i decided i wanted to go to college and serve around the, at about the same time so i got admitted to the air force academy prep school i'll clarify that because uh, I, I did not get admitted to the air force academy from the get go um in a funny story i kind of put all of my eggs in one basket i did not apply to any colleges whatsoever i only applied to the air force academy because to me it was one of those all or bust moments. Don't get me wrong, I was not number 1 of however many, that was just not me. I was I was I was up there, I did okay. I was figured pretty smart cat, but
2: Serge, why was the Air Force Academy your dream?
0: Okay, great question. So how I first heard about the Air Force Academy was my dad gave me a folder. My dad served in the Air Force. My dad served in the Puerto Rico National Guard. Um, My grandpa served, he was a combat medic in in the Korean War. So it was a little bit in the family on the dad's side where kind of those generations served, just my grandpa, my dad, and myself. So I just kind of wanted to do it, right? My dad served in the Air Force and I'll never forget, I think it was like nine or 10, he gave me a folder of the air force academy said hey i was tdy look i got you this and i was like i thought it was the coolest thing in the planet and that's where i wanted to go to school outside of that i could not tell you outside of the whole hey i really want to serve oh and on top of that this seems like an amazing place to go get a great education and by the way let's just get out of puerto rico and do something cool right because too many times for folks my age Uh, in the island, like most people typically don't leave. And I wanted to explore, I was eager to get out. I was ready to really change my life and do something just unreal.
1: Now, you know, you can't tell us you from Puerto Rico and not tell us what city you from. Like you got to tell us, what was it like growing up in Puerto Rico? I absolutely love the story that you just shared about your father. Would love to hear more about that moment where you got that folder. But what was it like growing up in Puerto Rico? Oh, like, what's of so, your favorite childhood you, memories from being know, back
0: home? Most people from Puerto Rico, at least I'll speak for myself being from Puerto Rico, I didn't realize how awesome Puerto Rico was um until after I left I hate to say it that way I did a lot of stuff I mean I grew up bodyboarding and playing paintball all over Puerto Rico and and like those were my hobbies right and it's it was awesome so I grew up on the beach almost every weekend uh surfing really the north part of the island and everything like that but my point is is that a lot of this touristy stuff that I'm doing air quotes um that people see in Puerto Rico I never got to do until after I left Puerto Rico and I would come back with friends and people from college and um just people like hey Sergio, like let's make a trip to puerto rico man i want to go check it out and then i go do these visits and i was like oh my god puerto rico is super cool so um <laughs> but to answer your question kenny i was born and raised in uh, bayamon puerto rico but i spent uh i went to high school in Guaynabo. so my last couple of years in puerto rico my last five six years in puerto rico i was i was living in Guaynabo. but i was born and raised in bayamon um that's kind of, Again, they're, they're next to each other. Puerto Rico is 100 by 35, a small island. It gave me a very unique perspective living that island life, per se, as to how culturally different being from, a, I mean, we're a U.S. territory. I was born a U.S. citizen, but then coming to the States, interacting with classmates and then kind of working in many different roles over the last 15, 16 years just how culturally different my upbringing truly was, which again, I absolutely love, and I think it's such a blessing. Oh. And again, I, I was lucky enough that I grew up bilingual. I've been speaking English since I was four years old, thanks to my thanks to my mom and dad. So uh, again, I'm blessed that I've had so many opportunities coming from Puerto Rico where I know not a lot of people that look like me that have my upbringing necessarily had. So I gotta say I'm very thankful and humble that I have the opportunities that I've had. So you growing up, you have
1: just this legacy of service in your family with your father serving in the Air Force. Because you went to the Air Force Academy Preparatory School, right? That's and right this yeah. was your first time, you know, spending time in the mainland. Right. So I would just love to hear you talk about some of the cultural differences. Like, walk me through like the first week that you're there on campus. Like what what is that? Absolutely. What is that like?
2: And I got to ask, like, can yeah, I tag sure. on to that real Let's quick? Were you you an island boy? Did you have long hair at the time? I need to see, I need to dig up the surfing pics and the bodyboarding pics. No, good
0: question. So no, um, taking a further step back. So in Puerto Rico, I went to, it's called the American Military Academy. Um, It's one of those schools all the way from pre-K to graduate high school. It was a military school. So ever since I was four years old, there's a picture of me in this little, wearing little army khakis being like three foot nothing. Um, so that's pretty hilarious. So no, I always had short hair. So my hair's longer now than it's ever been in my entire life. Full honesty. So I
2: wish you guys could see this man's flow right now. It's out of control. All right, so
0: so that being said, um I was lucky that, you know my, I, I grew up, I was able to travel typically in the summers or maybe random holidays. I have family in Florida, I've had family in New Jersey. So I was able to get out of the states about once a year once every other year or so but it's different right when you're visiting family i'm doing things that are culturally normal to me but in the u.s so to your point kenny my first experience i'll never forget when i got to the prep school um that was totally new so one of the first things i remember going to hey like i'm now living in colorado and i'll be here for the next five years was i'll never forget checking the basic training of the prep school and they're like run over there and drop off your bag and by the way we're at about seventy-three hundred feet of altitude and i'm just dead sprint i got this again i went to a military school in puerto rico so i thought i mean this is i i got this right like the military thing it, it, it ain't no thing i got this and then i'm here on a dead sprint up three flights of stairs and i get up there and i'm about to pass out because i can't breathe right i'm coming literally from sea level <laughs> um to 7,300 feet so that was the very very first thing that I just remembered so clear because it was literally 10 minutes into a taxi cab dropping me off uh because I I I went up to the prep school by myself to check in for for basic training I got there the day before stayed at a little motel took a cab out of my pocket to check into basic training at the prep school Uh, and then here I am out of breath getting yelled at thinking like what the heck's happening what am I doing but definitely one of the best experiences I wouldn't trade it for the world
1: See, they didn't put that in the brochure. You know, they start talking about some things. They're like, "Look, you may experience some altitude sickness on your
0: on your first few weeks here. Oh, they tell you. They tell you
2: <laughs> on your first flight of stairs.
0: <laughs> they tell you no amount of running, no amount of running I did prior to. I'll never forget it. That was just uh, it's just one of those things that really sticks with you. So what's so tell me what was one of your favorite memories
1: about going to the academy? I know, um, you know, as an academy grad myself, it's definitely a unique college experience um what was that like like what was the
0: experience like what sticks out to you oh man there's there's a lot that sticks out i think from a very like thirty thousand foot in the sky type view it's just the amount of experiences that you get to have in such a short period of time don't get me wrong as going you know for any of you out there that have gone to a service academy you know that we don't necessarily get the traditional i'm doing air quotes again college experience But we do get a lot of experiences in a very compressed amount of time. Good, bad, educational, professional. I mean, you really get pushed to your limits. That's one of my favorite things. And now at the risk of sounding cheesy, I'll tell you one of the best things that we do get out of the service academies, I think, are our friendships, our relationships. Um, And I'll tell you, I mean, I met my best friends there at the academy. I mean, I was 17. Um, and here I am at 36. And I mean, those those friendships and relationships are still there. So I'll tell you, that's by far the most meaningful and most rewarding thing out of attending a service academy, in my opinion.
1: So were you like were you uh, were you one of the straight lace guys? Did you get in any type of trouble? Like, we, you know, we <laughs> want to know, man, like, oh. you know, which side of the fence were you
0: on? We'll get- I'll, I'll be uh, in, f- in full in full honesty i mean and for those i mean by the way if there are any of my friends uh listening to this they may get a crack out of this i was not i was far on, on the opposite end that i try to get with as much stuff as i could i try to get away with as much stuff as i possibly could because i was trying to live as much of a normal life as possible i really was so kind of trying to put me in a mold or you know, when you try to put baby in a corner it just, it didn't never set right with me. So I try to control my environment or manipulate my my environment as much as possible to do what I would consider fun. Right. So I, I would push the boundaries a little bit. And of course, you know, I got like, it like everybody, you know, if you don't get in trouble in a service academy, I don't think that you did it right. I think you need to <laughs> fall on your face a few times to, to have a little fun and, and, and know uh, kind of, you know, when you, when you hold on to that little bit of an electric fence and get that little bit of a shock to get some respect for it. Um, so no, I, I definitely got in, in my own you know, little bit of trouble here and there, but thankfully nothing, uh, nothing too crazy.
1: So as you're thinking about your experience at the Academy, I would love to hear if you just had like this defining moment, something that just sticks out that shaped you into the Sergio Padilla that we know today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, a quick story that comes to mind is when we were at the prep school, the culminating event at the prep school is called TX, right? So this is, think of it, this is May 2003. And um, TX is just an event where upperclassmen that have attended the prep school come down. And it's a big training event. You pretty much get yelled at, run around and work out and get lost in the woods for about three full days, barely eating and just, just kind of making it happen, right? It's one of those just culminating training events that everybody knows it's going to be really, really tough. And um, it's probably going to suck a little bit. And I think one of the the biggest memories that I have out of that is everybody's getting yelled at. Everybody's doing pushups. Everybody's doing squats. Everybody is just the front leaning rest. And it's just, it's miserable. It's miserable that everybody is going through it and everybody is feeling some type of pain, some type of discomfort. And then I'll never forget, you look around and I, I saw my classmate, Tara, uh, Tara Dunn, by the way, who's an amazing lawyer now. She's an amazing attorney. And um, she's getting yelled at and I'm in the front leaning rest. And my other friend is there doing flutter kicks. And it just kind of makes you laugh. And it makes you laugh because, okay, like you think when you're in pain, you think of your own pain and that's it, right? But when you're going through this painful moment and then everybody's <laughs> miserable literally the the pain and discomfort just kind of went away and you know okay this is just a moment we're just going through the motions of it it's going to be over soon and that was very very comforting and that's something that i think has carried me through many many lessons through my personal and professional career which kind of comes down to to when you're going through something together we are stronger so i would say that's probably one of the most formative events that has really stuck with me for many many years so i
1: I don't know about you, Sophia, but I absolutely Mm -hmm. love that story. And I think what's cool about it is to your point, Serge, that's applicable in so many different settings. And I think all of us go through these periods and these stages in life where we face adversity, we face challenges, but then to be able to look around and see that people are right there in the trenches with you and Folks yeah. have got your back and you're like going through the suck together. Um, I think that's just that's huge. I think it's a great segue into another topic that I'd love to talk to you about, which was just your service in the Air Force. I mean, I know that you got a chance to serve as a personnel officer, but. Um, man, you have done some cool stuff, brother. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm I'm not trying to just, I, I know you a humble guy and all. Yeah, I know you're a humble know. guy, but you have done some cool stuff over the course of your career. Um, I would just love to hear any reflections that you have. Um, how long did you serve? What, t- tell me about your experience in the Air Force.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So active duty, um, upon graduating the Air Force Academy in 2007, I served uh, for exactly seven years, commissioned on May 30th of 2007, uh, separated on August 1st, 2014, so a little over seven years uh, in active duty as an officer. Um, like you mentioned, Kenny, I was a personal officer for the majority of that career. Um, that part of my career started in 2008. I attended the first ever, what's, what, what the Air Force called, the Force Support Officer course. Um, at the time, there was two career fields that were being combined, I was part of that class, was blessed and lucky enough to graduate the distinguished graduate out of that class, which really, I think, set me up for very, very cool jobs in the Air Force. Um, my very One of my first official active duty jobs outside of training in school was to work at the protocol office for the 316th Wing out of Andrews Air Force Base. So for those of you that don't know, they are the ones that actually serve as the president, the distinguished visitors, mm. those heads of state. Um, so I did that for a little okay. over two years where, yes. in short... Um, We were the folks that were doing a lot of the logistics and coordination for all these DVs flying in and out of the D.C. area. So you get to really see and meet and interact with really cool people from the president all the way down to senators and congressmen and heads of state and top generals across all services. Um, So much so that one of the stories that truly comes to mind from that job that I'll never forget is, you know, we were helping some. Uh, we were helping a crew out of Louisiana, and you know, we, we were helping them again—a crew that was a little bit stranded in the DC area. And they said, "Hey, LT, uh, do you want to come party at Mardi Gras for a couple of days?" <laughs> and Unfortunately, I, I couldn't get out there. I could not get out there, but it was one of those very cool jobs that you interact with a bunch of different people while at the same time, although not being in a very operational career field, being you know that personnel and force support are in the support side, you actually are interacting directly with the operations side. I'm um, a the, the aviation community within the military. So it was a it was super fun, uh, great job. I have a lot of big pictures from that role. I had a chance to take a mm-hmm. picture of the Condoleezza Rice, Michelle Obama. Um, I worked the inauguration Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold
1: on hold you, know, you just, you just, yeah, you just said he, that real quick. Hold on, hold on. Can man, hold stop on, him? Man, you stop it? Don't let you, him just
2: carry say, on. You, after you say dropping. some
1: names right now that, that deserve a little bit of a <laughs> You just said Condoleezza Rice, the Michelle mm. Obama. Now, you be Michelle so I know I know okay so first off we're going <laughs> to drop some receipts for all of our for all of our arena <laughs> listeners yep but, but secondly you, you open up Pandora's box here because you know on a personal level I would just love to hear like who was like the coolest person like you know we all get a chance to see some of these folks on TV like who was a person when you met them you know you were just like oh my goodness this person is like the most amazing individual like who was that person for you
0: absolutely i'll never forget it so it was um it was one of the first missions that i ever worked in that job and it was uh lieutenant uh, lieutenant general allen he was actually the commanding general at fort leavenworth at the time um and this is circa 2009 i would say 2000 yeah 2009 and i'll never forget it one of the most humble generals i've ever met in my life Uh, army general of course um and we're of course you know you're interacting with this high level you know, military officers. So you're trying to be as accommodating. Uh, and again, being in a heavily client-facing role, you're just trying to do your best to help them and support them and make the mission go as smooth as possible. That way they get there happy, they leave happy, and it's it's a very seamless process. And I'll never forget, we had a couple things going on that we're trying to load a plane, and this young man decides to strip down in front of the, in front of the building to his boxers. Because we're like, you know, we, we couldn't get him in a building to change, and he's like, "Lt, don't worry about it. We're we're, we're easy. We travel easy. I'll just change right here, <laughs> hey, hey, guys." To, to his team, he oh, said, "Hey my guys, God. just just keep keep an eye out. Make sure we don't want to offend anybody." And he just threw on a t shirt, pair of shorts, threw on some sneakers. He's like, All "Right, Lt, I'm I'm good to go." And that to me was again one of those things that really sticks with you because, it, talk about being a low maintenance, mm-hmm. just selfless leader that you're just trying to say hey you know what this there's no reason to complicate this let's get the mission done and and he just made it happen so again lieutenant john if you're out there hopefully you're listening but that was one of the most transformative <laughs> experiences i've had with a senior leader that was just so cool because just like that i've also had other experiences where you get to interact with people that uh, i mean they're, they're amazing they do great work um so yeah i i would say that that's the one of the ones that really sticks uh, sticks with you uh, of course, a lot of the the meetings—not to downplay, um, you know—the type of work that we did, but it's it's very transactional, right? So I'll never forget—I got to chat about the NBA finals with now President Biden, uh, with us at the time he was Vice President Biden. This was oh my this god, this 2010. Okay, I'm
1: gonna have to pause you again, Sergio, We're because talking you, in front of that, Sergio, of you, Sergio, you're doing it again. <laughs> you're doing that thing where you just have this amazing experience, <laughs> and this is what this is what I love working with you, Sergio, because. I just feel like you've got, A, this amazing humility about you, which I really love. Um, but B, mm-hmm. I think as someone who has served in the military, these are not the type of roles or positions that just anybody off the street gets the chance to walk into. Like you have to be on top of your game. You have to be performing. You have to be like the cream of the crop, best of the best to, to earn these roles. So um, I think that just speaks volumes to you. Um, first and foremost. And then secondly, I I just, like I said, I just wanted to reiterate, I think the humility that you have in your lived experience is just such a blessing to be around because, you know, uh, that's not always a given. So just wanted to share that with our our listeners. And so as you're on this journey, you take a little bit of a pivot. Talk to me about the pivot that led you to Breakline because uh, for for our listeners who do not know, Sergio was also a break line participant. So can you share a little bit more about what led up to your break line transition? What was that like for you? When did you go through? We'd love to hear more about your
0: experience. 100, 100. So I know I mentioned earlier I separated the Air Force August 1st of 2014. My last job in the Air Force I was the direct I was the director of operations for the St. Louis Maps. So. My last three years, although in the although serving as an Air Force officer, I spent them in joint jobs um, with the Army, which is an absolutely fantastic experience. I would not change a thing. Um, so I separated the Air Force. I thought I had all this freedom in the world, and then I got married right back into the Air Force. My wife is still active duty, so I moved down to San Antonio, Texas. Right, my wife was stationed at the time at Fort Sam Houston. There in San Antonio, um, I moved down there, and my plan was to go to grad school. Right, I, I got admitted to UTSA. Uh, university of texas in san antonio to earn my mba Um, but as i was going through my mba program literally three weeks in um, i was going crazy i was going crazy in the sense that i come from working you know 50 60 hour weeks and then going to school in the evenings two three days a week it was not cutting it for me i said i I need more so um, i pivoted i did a career fair and i saw all the usual suspects in the south texas area and I ended up getting picked up by Principal Auto, which is an amazing car uh, auto group. And I ended up doing sales for BMW, and I did okay. that for a year. Yes, and, and that was absolutely pretty amazing. And again, one of those crazy transformative ideas because as a, I think the average veteran when they're leaving the service, they don't they want to go back into those leadership type roles where hey, I was a captain in the Air Force. Let me find a role that will allow me to be a captain in whatever industry I fall into. Um, but I ended up going into sales. And again, that that taught me so much. Um, from when I left San Antonio, we got stationed at Travis Air Force Base in California. I was lucky enough to get picked up by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts to lead some of their HR programs, um, and actually be a recruiting manager for an amazing property in Napa, California. Um, I did that for two years. Um, so here we are, 2018. Now we're moving again. We're moving to Anchorage, Alaska. We're, we're getting stationed here at Joint Base Elmendorf Richardson. So we're here in J Bear in Anchorage. Um, and I got again, got very lucky, and I got recruited by Target. So I've been able to land so a lot of these roles before I've gotten to my next move. And again, just been very, very lucky there. Um, so when I was working with Target at the time, as I'm going, uh, as I'm, I'm doing HR for for two stores. Um, I quickly learned that I wanted to pivot and I wanted something more out of the industry that I was in. Enter Breakline. Here I am. It's March of 2019. Um, I'm hungry to make a pivot. And my best friend, Eddie, shout out Eddie Ortiz, okay. currently Augusto, okay. shout uh, out Eddie. Who's, who's also a Breakline alum. He told me, hey, you need to check out Breakline. I think based on what you're looking to do and everything you keep talking about, I think Breakline is going to be a, an amazing resource to you. But here I am, just like the perception of many veterans out there, I was five years post-separation. Here I am 2019 and now finding Breakline, where I believe I was one of three or four people in my cohort um, with Breakline. Uh, So for for all the listeners, I was able to get selected. I I applied to Breakline and I got selected to attend their Austin cohort in October of 2019. Um, By the way, all of our programs used to be in person prior to covid amazing experience imagine you and 24 25 other people in a big city interacting getting to touch feel see smell these tech companies learning from the team i remember i got to i'm one of the few on the Breakline team that's been lucky enough that i got to meet bethany i got to meet lauren casey millie um molly It, it was such an amazing experience my point is that here i am five years after already leaving the military you know I'm hungry, right? I'm looking for for that next pivot in my career, in my life. And that's where Breakline truly came in. I wanted to be at the forefront of a lot of these initiatives that start in tech when it comes to people operations. Because how many times have we heard about, oh, my God, look at all these perks and benefits and, and incentives and programs and things that start in the tech industry and they slowly trickle down to other industries. And I wanted to be at the forefront of that. I thought it was so cool. And I, right there, I knew tech was for me. Um, I was lucky enough that I had some peers that, when I was living in California, I got to see my friend Nick No, who uh, works for Facebook. He's still with Facebook. Um, he gave me a tour of the of the uh, office there at Menlo Park, and I just fell in love. I think that's what originally really sparked that interest for me in in tech. And I knew I. I I was going to do anything I needed to, to break into tech. And I was lucky that Breakline selected me and they were there for me through that process. So, so many questions from that story, because
1: here you have your one of your best friends, Eddie, that's putting you on game, that's dropping some knowledge. Um, tell me more about your actual experience with Breakline. Like, you know, how how did it feel going through as a participant? Like. What was the biggest thing you learned about yourself, especially as we're thinking about being a member of the Latinx community, transitioning to the tech industry? I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, concerns, reflections, just about that experience there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you, my, my experience was amazing. It's one of those experiences that pushes you as a professional. And I think part of me was missing that that drive that you know we'd like to be challenged from our environment and i think that's it goes back to a military service or even before that going through through the air force academy where you're constantly in an environment that is going to stretch you and whenever you're in an environment that you're not being stretched or pushed you start to shrink and then you wonder why why am i feeling this way why am i not Mm -hmm. enjoying this and that's i think that's a point where i was in my career and brake line stretched me i mean I'll never forget, I mean, we're starting the day at 7, 7.15 in the Let's morning, go. where we're taking, we're Let's taking go. the Uber to the, Rise and Grind, baby. Oh, absolutely. To the, heck, to the Google headquarters there in Austin. And then we're meeting on the lobby and everybody. I mean, again, you have really, really, really busy days. I flew from Alaska to Austin. I mean, we had people from all over the country that are meeting in these cities and just doubly done our efforts. So imagine 25, 30 people that are as hungry if not hungrier than you so it's just such an environment to push yourself where not only the break line team was pushing you but your peers and folks that you're going through the program with were pushing you and you're just growing and learning and again interacting with these leaders of these companies and veterans of these companies and hiring managers and recruiters it's just it's so energizing and by the way the program didn't stop at four and said okay hey guys go to dinner you're done no, it was 7, 8 p.m. And then I'm in my little hotel room and I'm doing surveys and I'm working on uh, some of the things that we gotta put together for the next week and your personal narrative and you're recording yourself and you're doing all these little things. Um, it was such a, a push for growth that really struck a big spark and a lit a fire inside of me. That again, just continued to drive me ever since. Being lucky enough that um, a few months later, a great opportunity became available with the Breakline team which allowed me to join the team. So uh, again, I could not be more thankful. Super, super transformative experience. And by the way, I hope that for all of you listening out there, whether you've been through Breakline, you're considering Breakline, or you're attending Breakline right now, know that that's the goal, right? We're going to push you, and you need to look at it from an angle of stretch yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and professionally. I I think it's just a, a great, great environment to do that.
1: So I feel like this is a great segue into a few questions from Sophia because um, Mm -hmm. absolutely loved your just reflections on your experience. I think even now that we've switched over to virtual programming, that's still one of my favorite parts about the Breakline community is, you know, we're bringing together these individuals that are tremendously talented, coming from such a diverse set of backgrounds. And yet it's like that rising tide lifts all ships kind of mentality where you know, you're learning from each other. You're growing from each other. You're helping each other push and stretch each other out outside of your comfort zone. And even though we're having to deliver our programming in a virtual environment now, um, as someone who has only ever seen it done this way, that is absolutely something that I'm super proud to see our breakline participants do. So. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to turn the floor over to my partner in crime, Sophia, because I know she got some questions on deck and would love to hear more from her
2: perspective. Thank you. I don't know if you guys totally get this vibe, but Kenny is my podcasting partner in crime and Sergio is my main man. Love them both. This love you too. this so, is my team right this here. Is awesome. This is this is my freaking Thanks. squad. Um this is this is you guys, you guys should take everything Sergio says to absolute heart because this man understands the finer things and he's advocating Breakline as the finer things. Let's go through the list. Michelle Obama he's just hanging out with her. He's landing sick opportunities in Napa Valley. He's whining he's dining he's selling BMWs and now here he is (laughs) break line making us just so much swaggier (laughs) so much better so we're grateful just needed to preface this this part of the of our episode thanks so i i
0: i appreciate that (laughs) thank you so much
2: all right serge um so yeah so you have worn the hat of being a break line participant obviously but now you are our humble and wonderful gatekeeper of our community. And for our amazing listeners who have made it this far in our episode, let's drop some tea, let's spill some knowledge. What are some of the things that you are are really optimizing for that you're looking for in the candidates that you're assessing to join our community?
0: Absolutely, I'll tell you the the very first thing, I'll, I'll drop this little personal note to everybody, anybody that's listening, whether you're a veteran, whether you come from any other underrepresented communities that's looking to make a pivot into tech, um, Latinx, Hispanic, Black, African-American, I mean, all of the above, know this. Wherever you find yourself in your professional career, know that making a pivot, there are no wrong answers. I will say that. Mm -hmm. And I say that in the sense that a lot of times we get so lost in the sauce of figuring out what is the perfect or best move for me know this, inaction is an action of itself. So any move, no matter what it is, there's truly no wrong move here. So for all of you out there that are trying to figure out, oh my God, I don't know what to do with my career. I'm considering A, I'm considering B, I'm considering C, but maybe I think I should go with D. Don't worry about it. Just pick one and go, because two things will come out of this. One, you'll love it, or two, you won't. And either one, you're gonna be in a better position to make an educated Mm. uh, effort in next move, leaving that so i'll start there so for all my peeps out there it is a very foggy space we get in our own heads just don't worry about it pick one go with it and whatever comes out of it is going to be a lesson no matter what and you're hearing this from somebody that has done this many 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 times so so to your you know to your question one of the things that we're optimizing for is at break line i take this very very seriously and I'll never forget during my transition, I connected with a lot of people, I connected with companies, I connected with resources. And a lot of times it goes around the, am I a good fit for you and what you can offer me versus are you a good fit to what I am looking to do? And, and, and again, that's shifting the power dynamic. I'll tell you this, I wanna make sure that I am a good partner. I wanna make sure that I'm a good passenger to anybody's yes. journey. And that's one of the biggest things that I look for whenever I connect with a candidate, because I'm, I'm not here to drive your life. I'm not here to drive your career. I don't know what's meaningful to you. So me being able to be a good passenger to you in this journey, I think, is the most important thing. And I say that wholeheartedly. Um, so that being said, some of the things that I look for, I want to get to know everybody that I talk to. Right. Not just from a professional, but also a personal level. I want to know what gives them energy. I want to know what they are looking to do in this next phase of their career. Not just what they want to do. I'm not trying to point them to the one, give me the one answer with the one thing that you want to do as you as you look to making a career pivot. I want to know everything that you're interested in, everything that you're open to. I want to know what your personal life is like. I want to know your hobbies because again, I want to make sure that I'm a good partner and I can help get you where you want to go. Because again, this is your journey. That's one of the things that I shared when I was going through the interview process with Breakline because too many times, again, I connected with resources. I connected with companies that were going to be able to help me make a pivot. And it was, hey, Sergio, what do you want to do? This is what I want to do. This is where I think I'd be a good fit. Okay, great. Well, here's this total opposite thing that I can give you and I think you should take it. And I, and I and to me, that just felt so weird, right? Like, it's like, hey, this is my career, and I want to do this for a reason. And instead of telling me what I need to do, either help coach me in the process or tell me that you're not a good fit for me, right? And I think that's what's so important, where as a company, Breakline, everybody on this team is humble enough to say, we want to make sure we can help get people to their destination because every single destination is different. So... That's the one thing that I'll drop there. Um, again, to expand a little bit more on your question, Sophia, I look for openness. I think, again, too many, too many yeah. times I talk to folks and they, they feel they have to tell me, Hey, Sergio, this is the one role with the one company, that, and this is the one city in the U.S. that I see myself being in as I prepare to transition from the military or you know wherever they are in life. Um, regardless of their background, this is one of those unique situations when you're interviewing with someone. And I truly wanted to give, I want you to give me your most honest and blunt thoughts. And at the same time, I want you to ask me questions. So what else? I know that I gave you a little bit about a lot there. Where can I provide more detail? What else can I help answer?
2: I mean, I loved your response there because one of the things that we value the most here at Breakline is that even if... We aren't going to be the best resource for you. We can be direct with you right from the get-go. We're not wasting anybody's time. Because like you said, everyone's experience, everyone's path is valid. And we're going to authenticate that by being real with you from the get-go. That being said, we oftentimes talk to people who feel like they don't fit in within tech. I would love for you to share with our listeners the types of candidates that apply that maybe don't come from tech backgrounds. What do you say to those people who kind of have that imposter syndrome of I don't know if I belong in this. I don't even know, you know, like what break line is, how I can make this transition, but validating their journey where they've been and how maybe they can transition in.
0: Absolutely. I'll use myself as an example. Right. Too many times I talk to people and they say, hey, Sergio, you know, I I don't necessarily have a CS degree. Uh, I haven't worked on technical programs, but I did work on these other big programs. I have had some technical exposure my point is this is where it comes down to what are you open to doing and what is your end goal right how do we carve out a path and how do we get not just it starts with my conversation but if admitted into the program it goes into our exo team it goes to the cs team shout out exo and cs um, where we're really looking to carve out that path to help get you to an end goal so um, i'll tell you i mean i did not come from a tech background i didn't i didn't ever work on tech programs but I came from people operations. I came with a big background in human resources. So I knew my pivot was HR. For a while I knew, I mean, again, having some sales experience and absolutely loving that. When I first looked at Breakline, I said, okay, I really, I'm I'm open to doing HR and I'm open to doing sales. I was in a unique position that I was in Alaska. So I was really looking for remote roles in a time where remote work wasn't the majority. Uh, of the roles are available. It's not necessarily the flexibility that we have today in this current environment. But um, for those folks out there that don't come from a tech background is let's do this. Let's start with what your strengths are and what gives you energy. And we can break it down into, do you like working on internal operations where you put your head down and you grind and you fix internal problems? Or are you a social butterfly and you really like to talk to clients and be in a client-facing role all the time? When it comes... To, for those that get stuck on the I have no technical experience, well, okay, one, if you're looking to go into a technical program, let's reverse engineer the problem is how can you get more technical experience? So that way you can be appealing to a uh, to a tech company or maybe a role that does require some of that tech exposure. And there's so many resources out there. So, you know, the the pivot and the journey is not a 24-hour thing. Also, people remember that. A lot of times we're looking at this pivot and we know that, okay, hey, I'm looking to make a move in the next two, three, maybe six months, even a year. That is a whole year to plan this journey. So there's a lot that can be done within that year to actually help maybe fill some of those minor gaps that will make a person or a background more marketable. Uh, Again, from my experience, I worked in big level recruiting programs. I did it in the military. I did it outside of the military. So on my end, I looked at it as to, okay, let me really peel back the layers of my career and my experience to find all these things that are going to make me competitive all the way from working certain initiatives and how parallel they were across industries, because that's a big part of it. Too many times we work in a very specific industry. You may not think you have the experience, you truly do. So um, I, I would say people you know, d- don't get stuck on the one thing um, thinking that you're not technical because believe me, tech is its own little ecosphere. There's anything and everything inside of tech where I tell you, there's almost anybody and everybody out there has something, has some skill, has some value that they bring to the tech industry. So remember that. Don't, again, don't, don't fall into the imposter syndrome trap thinking that you don't have the experience where you may not have direct experience, but you have a lot of value and we may be able to find a lot of those parallels um, where you'd be a fit within tech. But again, I can't find that for someone if they're not open to it. So remember that.
2: You guys, the surge is dropping all kind of knowledge. I hope everyone is taking notes. There is room for all of us here in the tech industry.
0: There's a seat at the table, people. Just know that. You gotta be open. Somebody asked me about, hey, Sergio, you know what, really wanna made you join the Breakline team. Um, And I had heard this analogy before and I had to use it, which is, You know, when somebody offers you a seat on a rocket ship, you don't ask what chair, you don't ask what seat, right? You just, you just hop in and you strap on. Um, I, I told folks within, you know, especially folks that are looking to pivot into tech. A lot of times we, we are closing doors on ourselves because we're being picky, which is not a bad thing. Everybody's career is different. There's no wrong answers, but sometimes we don't find out what we're open to until it's too late because we've closed too many doors on ourselves and then we have to backtrack. Well, I'll tell you if you're open from the get-go and just and you're able and willing to go through those doors and be able to face those opportunities head on, you are going to find that match so much earlier and so much easier um, in your career. so keep that in mind. yes.
2: Thank you for sharing all those insights. So tremendously helpful to our listeners to, to get to hear from our director of admissions himself. Um, and I want to reiterate one point that you made is that there is room for everyone at the table. Um, and that is obviously true when it comes to the industry, but it also is true in the fact that we work with folks who have been underrepresented within tech. So you know, we're working with veterans, we're working with people of color, we're working with women from all of these various backgrounds. And I would like to extend this question to both of our wonderful directors here in this conversation, Kenny, our director of Apex, and of course, Serge, our director of admissions. We should be talking about how tremendous it is to get to work amongst these communities to bring together these people from such incredible lived experiences, and we just create the space where we celebrate that, where we really truly lift each other up, um, and and try to create change, generational change together. So, I I just want to hear y'all's experiences, your reflections, what it what it has meant to you guys as being a part so of this.
1: I, I wouldn't mind hopping on this one real quickly. I think one of the yeah, do it, Kenny. I think one of the coolest things that I've seen since joining the Breakline team is so often in life when you're coming from an underrepresented community, you are one of one or one of two or one of you in the spaces that you navigate, right? And we're all working in this remote environment, so now it's a Zoom call versus an in, in-person experience. But that's a difficult journey to navigate. I mean, that that is that is a tough burden to carry, and what's so awesome about this community and, and just the folks that we work with is to be able to come through the Breakline program and you're in a cohort of people from similar backgrounds, you're in a cohort of folks who have that same lived experience, who understand what it means to be from Puerto Rico or to be from you know, the South and Alabama and all these things. And, and now you start to see the commonalities Um, in this experience that you felt was somewhat isolating and somewhat daunting, that's such an empowering feeling. And what's even cooler about it now is seeing the power of the network and the community that we're building, right? Um, Breakline has not been around for a very long time. It's only been around five, six years. But to see... Um, how quickly our community has grown. It's a very sticky community. liners are reaching back all the time to invest their time, their energy, extend their networks um, to enrich the experience of the liners that come behind them. And for me, as, you know, a Black veteran who is new to this space, just to see the network of folks that care just as much and just as deeply about these issues as i do and to be able to open up that network to our participants and the folks that are listening to this podcast right now oh my goodness i can't wait to see what it looks like a year from now two years from now ten years from now when we just have amassed this amazing community of professionals that had been marginalized that had been overlooked that had been underrepresented mm-hmm. and underselected. And now we've created this ecosystem, just like Sergio was saying, where you do have this space to bring your full self into the office. You have this space to optimize for your, for your passions and your desires. And you have this organization that's gonna be there along with you for the ride. And I love the analogy that you use there, Sergio, because it is a journey, right? And it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be frustrating, it's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be moments of great immense gratitude and there's going to be moments of of frustration and desperation right but to have this community that just gives you this warm break line hug right that has been the most rewarding and fulfilling part of this all for me so um Sergio I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well
0: oh absolutely I'll I'll share it from this angle so um, me being from Puerto Rico, you know, kind of being Latin and Hispanic, when I got admitted into school, there's only one person from Puerto Rico that gets a nomination. And my class size was 1,400 mm. people, and that was the, and that was me, right? So, with a similar background yeah. to me, there was less than a handful of people, right? And those are folks that maybe come from a Latin Hispanic background, Puerto Rican roots, but they've been living in New York and Florida, wherever. So that I can remember from my class was really about a handful of folks with really just, you know, Puerto Rican background um, in my academy class. Right. And then one, I think one great thing about the military is that the military teaches you that we all bleed green, right? Everybody, no matter your race, your background, you're all the same. Right. And that's one thing that I love. And that was one of my great experiences with the military. So then um, I'll tell you a quick funny anecdote. I'll never forget. Uh, I was in Panama City Beach 4. That, that was one of my first duty stations in 2007. And we're, my me and a couple friends, you know, we were about to go to the beach. So we walk into a Walmart to grab some things. And my buddy Gary over, shout out Gary, goes, wait, 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 guys, t- take, take a look at us real quick. There's a white guy, a Puerto Rican, a Filipino, um, and a guy from Cameroon. All walking into a Walmart together. This is the start of a bad joke. And we're, and we're all kind of laughing because that was the truth, right? We all come, I mean, literally from such totally opposite ends. And that was such a cool feeling that, oh my God, it's it's a brotherhood, right? And that's part of one of the great things that that I love about my veteran background. And I echo that because it is the same way with Breakline. And I haven't had that feeling for so many years where Breakline truly puts this blanket of support around you where it's such a unique community and no matter your background no matter your education no matter what type of jobs your social economic status the breakline community truly doesn't care and what's even great about it that you know we talk about this once a break line or always a break line right so this is a relationship that you know one thing that i talk to candidates coming through they're like, hey sergio how long is this relationship gonna last two months three months four months and i get to tell them i'm look, i'm looking to bring professional value to you for life Point you're blind. getting married 100 percent. i'm looking i'm looking to be in your life forever um so <laughs> that being said i see how much support the breakline community meaning again kenny like you mentioned breakline's been doing this for coming up on six years where we see alums that have gone through the original breakline program that was the hacker house style. They spent months <laughs> together going through breakline together back in the day. And now we bring in new break liners, and that same level of love, support, and that all-encompassing blanket of hey, we're gonna wrap our arms around you and support you and help you in this journey is there. And that is so rewarding to see. I'm a big believer that we are changing the face of tech, more specifically. The faces of tech, mm. which is super exciting to be a part so,
1: of. So, shout out to our founder uh, and CEO, Bethany Coates, for this amazing vision. What's up, Bethany?
2: Ra- Bethany. Ronnie Butani, was right
1: there alongside, like, with, yeah, shout Boutani. out to the visionaries who put this Again, plan Vice in motion. President. Sophia, I actually want to ask you the same question because I think what's so cool about this conversation, we have all three of our verticals represented in this conversation. We've got the Apex community, which is uh, people people of color from underrepresented backgrounds. We've got the veterans community. And then we have our Mavens community. I'd love to hear your perspective just as a woman who is, you know, you are doing a phenomenal job as a talent recruiter for our team. You are on the front line of you know, the, the pipeline and the tip of the spear. Um, I'd love to hear perspective as a woman who is, you know, as, as our, as our female listeners are to tun- the face of, yes, breakline. as the face of breakline. Like <laughs> what are your reflections as a woman to other women who are thinking about entering this space?
2: Yes. You know, I spend, um, a lovely part of my days getting on the phone with with a ton of different candidates who are looking to apply to breakline. But I speak to women all the time who are looking at our website and they look at all of the faces on the website and the broad majority of them are women. We have amazing directors who are representing a bunch of different verticals. But this is um this is a company run by some it truly (laughs) is it truly is and I will say, this is, you know, I have benefited from the incredible incredible mentorship um, and vision of these women who are just driving forward unapologetically that they identified a problem and they have created market solution that creates community and that actually is driving change. So just as being a part of this team, I feel like I have benefited tremendously because it always has been, and our team talks about this constantly, um, Women, your whole lives, you are told to shrink yourselves, to just kind of like fit in, to be dainty or cute or whatever baloney. And on this team, it's expand, it's be big. It's like what Serge was saying, stretch yourself, grow, be challenged. And that has been shared from our leadership on this team. And then broadly with our community, day in and day out, I am talking to such cool ladies who come from the variety of backgrounds and maybe they're holding this imposter syndrome of, you know, I don't have this specific background and women are so much more likely. There have been a ton of, there's been a ton of research surrounding this, that when women don't see specifically their experiences reflected on job postings, they're way less likely to apply. Whereas maybe men will be just toss their hat in the ring. Um, Women always kind of take that step back and they're like, oh, you know, I don't have that certain experience. But being a part of this community of helping folks translate their very valuable skill sets into something that is marketable to some of the greatest companies on the planet and helping, you know, create those careers, expand those careers for a lot of women. Um, I mean, it's something that you wake up and you're just proud to do every single day because I feel like this probably resonates with everyone on this team. We want to help everybody. Um, And it especially feels good when you are seeing folks who have endured the same type of struggles as you overcome and get to that next step.
1: So much sauce in this conversation, man. I feel like this is like a mic drop type of situation. My goodness. You know, there is one last important question that I do have to ask you, Sergio. It's a two-part question. Mm -hmm. If you could could just leave us with... One word of wisdom for all the future break line applicants out there. What would that word of wisdom be?
0: Absolutely, Kenny. Um, So I'll tell you, this goes back a little bit to Soap's point. One of the things I'd love to, one of the last points I think I'd love to share with everybody listening is, Soap, a lot of what you shared when you talked about putting yourself out there, put yourself in a position to stretch yourself, grow. um, A lot of us has played sports growing up. I've played sports my entire life. I still try Mm. to as a as as an old man but my point is that when we play sports our coaches tell told us to play with reckless abandon and that's a good thing right put yourself out there don't be afraid to give that 110 percent don't be afraid to play harder and push yourself more and more every single time i'm a big believer in the reckless abandon and i tell folks look at your career that way i think too many times when we're looking at what options may be available to us We are looking for the safe thing. We are looking for the thing that I think is going to be best for me, which that leads typically to being a little bit closed off where when you play the game with reckless abandon, you get to be open. And that's the one real big piece of advice. Be open in the search. Be open to opportunities. Be open to learn. Nobody knows everything. Mm -hmm. Be open and be humble enough to say, you know what? teach me. I'm here to learn. I'm here to push through it. I am here to be a sponge for you because I don't know everything. I'll tell you, I wish everybody that came through my doors and I'm able to connect with every single day had those qualities because that is going to just exponentially raise your very own chances of success so i think that perspective part is really important you gonna mess around make me drop a breakline application man where i got to go
1: to where i got to go to, to apply for break line brother what i got to do who i got to talk to absolutely
0: easy enough first off i'll tell you you have to follow this podcast second <laughs> check us out on check us out on linkedin by the way this podcast is amazing check us out on linkedin but where you find the application you go to breakline.org At the very top, you're gonna see your community. You're gonna see that we have a specific area for veterans, for mavens, and for the Apex community. Click on whichever one applies to you, read on us, get more information, and at the very bottom, apply. We have Sophia, we have Chelsea, we have my amazing outreach specialists and talent recruiters, that if you have any questions, if I can personally, myself, be any service to you, add me on linkedin if there's any question i can help answer i'm here for literally anybody and everybody and i know my team is there for you as well i'd love to get to chat with you i'd love to see these applications come through that way we can actually go through the process and consider folks for admission to our amazing program
2: mm. i just had an absolute blast
1: y'all well, i gotta say i don't know about you but it was a blessing to my heart is just to get a chance to soak up all this wisdom um Having a chance to work side-by-side side with you each day, I have just so much respect for the work that you're doing, the lives that you're impacting. But I love the fact that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to join us in the arena. Um, for anyone who's been listening, hopefully this was motivation. Hopefully this was inspiration. Hopefully this was a glimpse behind the curtain that inspires you to step into the best version of yourself. So on that note... um. Thank y'all.
2: We appreciate you, Serge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, team,
0: y'all are the absolute best. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been amazing to be here in the arena with you guys.
2: Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode in the Breakline Arena. We hope that you're walking away feeling a little inspired, a little bit moved, and feeling as if you learned something.
1: I'll tell you what, if you enjoy what you heard today, We only need you to do one of three things. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. And if it really touched your spirit, go on review and rate this episode. It would mean a lot to us. It helps us get the word out there. Um, It helps us continue to share this great content. Uh, And most importantly, we just love to hear what what you'd have to say about uh, some of the content that we're putting out there. So um, please join us again next Tuesday here in the Breakline arena. Once again, my name is Kenny Vaughn, and I am signing out from the Breakline HQ with my partner in crime.
2: Sophia Bodwin. we will see you guys next week.